So tonight we focus on communion. But the first question I just want you to kind of think, think through is, have you ever questioned church? And I don't mean like um, you skipped a Sunday or you forgot to go to service one week or something like that, but have you ever wondered if the way that we do church is correct? Have you ever gotten tired of some of the ways that we've done church? And just, just think about that, you know, like the pointless arguments about pointless things or the cliques that seem to form sometimes in different groups or the things that we get so distracted on that we forget to meet the needs that are right in front of our faces or, or when we structure things so much and organize things so much it just feels like a routine, like we just get stuck in, um, like you're just going through the motions. And maybe you haven't felt any of that before, but, but have you ever wanted more? Have you ever wanted to experience something bigger than some of the experiences that you've had before at church? Like something maybe more authentic, maybe some, getting with a group of people who are real and genuine and honest and, and loving and forgiving or actually experiencing um, man, the presence of God during worship or, or, or hearing God in prayer. I know in college I felt that at times, and I know in the last several, several, several years, I guess the whole time me and Stormy have known each other, we've had conversations um, many of times about wanting more from church. You know, that just desire, because we're, we're worn down by the pressures of ministry or, or discouraged by what we're experiencing or feeling. And there's just this longing for something different. And I'm not saying... Uh, to be very clear, I'm not saying that everything we do wrong here, I mean, everything that we, we do here is wrong. I'm not saying that, that everything some other church does is wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I just question certain things, wondering if those things were what distracted us from what truly matters. And so there's been plenty of times where I've walked off, uh, I, you know, I, I've, I've left this place or this people or whatever and i was like look we're going to start from scratch we're going to rebuild things we're going to focus on scripture we're going to focus on love we're going to focus on genuine worship whatever and i've gone and reevaluated and restructured and reformed uh what i thought you know church should be or or ministry should be or whatever trying to be intentional with every step digging into all of it but at the end of the day there was always some big things we would neglect some big scriptural things that, that I would just kind of forget, um, such as love one another, which is like the second greatest command in scripture. I forget to love somebody. We were doing a lot of amazing things right. You know, I was doing a lot of things right, but I, I realized we were still missing it, it seemed like, that there's more. And what's weird, what's crazy is, is when you come to that position, and you start evaluating what's not working, you don't have anybody else to blame anymore. Because you've retreated, you've done it all on your own, and now the only person to blame, the only one at fault is me. And I noticed neglecting some things, and I couldn't blame anybody else. And this happens all the time. We, we throw up our hands and we give up. We'll leave that place or that people God has put in our lives or that, we, that God has put us into because of some small thing or some big thing, but we just give up. Lots of people just give up and leave. Our church, any church, every church. But in reality, the issue may not be those around us or those issues we thought were the big thing, but sometimes it's ourselves. And I know I've been there 
plenty of times, just ready to throw in the towel because of whatever happened or whatever we're dealing with. But later I realized I was part of the issue or I should have been part of the solution. That's what a lot of people don't do is, one, they won't admit their own issues, but two, they won't take responsibility for being the solution. And maybe we've all been there in some form or way where we just look at Scripture and wonder, why can't church look like that today? Man, the things that they were experiencing in the Bible, why can't we experience that kind of experience? But when we do that, there's a big opportunity. Instead of giving up, we can actually be the change. We can create a greater love um, that God intended for the church to be. We can create this leadership in our own lives and lead others in the right direction or a situation or a circumstance or an issue in the right direction. In fact, I think if God showed us everything that we, that we have wrong, it would leave us paralyzed, and so he doesn't do that. He shows us little things one by one, gives our hearts a stirring, saying, man, why do I care about that so much all of a sudden? Because he wants us to do something about it. He wants us to kind of lead out in that. So we take it step by step. And what is important to remember is when we feel like we're facing these mountain, mountains and these big obstacles that we want changed or we want improved or we want done differently, we have to remember we serve an almighty God who loves us, who, who gives us a spirit of power and truth and, 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 and um, uh, of grace. And we can do it with him. So these things pop up that we feel like we need to change. Like when it comes to reclaiming what it means to be the church, man, we can easily look around and see where we've kind of fallen short. And these things pop up. And so we can begin, man, seeing are they biblical, unbiblical, unbiblical, are they centered on Jesus? And we can begin to be the change to lead out in the right direction. The Spirit will guide us and give us everything we, we need, but you know, we fool ourselves sometimes when we either give up or when we say, well, at least we're doing something and something's better than nothing. Like, I'm here, right? That's good enough. But I would challenge that because I look at Scripture and there's times when the church is, is completely missing the point. And God says, it'd be better for you to not do anything than that. There's a Scripture that talks about being lukewarm. He says, I'd rather you be hot or cold than just sitting in the middle. You're doing no good. When you, when you make those kind of cop-outs. So, for example, when we come uh, into Scripture, we see this idea of communion, of the Lord's Supper. Um, and Paul makes some pretty strong statements about it. Um, and, and you don't have to read all that, but it's just up there if you do want to. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Look, you know you guys, you get together to practice this thing called the Lord's Supper. And, and, and Paul says... But the way you do it is not even remotely close to how God intended for you to do it. In fact, for for some of you, it would be better if you didn't show up at all. Go home and eat by yourself. And and I know, honestly, I think this is something as a a youth family that we've kind of missed at times. The importance of the Lord's Lord's Supper and communion. Whatever you want to call it. The, The words go back and forth. Lord's Supper or communion. Because in Acts 2, um, it says that the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, communion, the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
this breaking of bread, this communion. And it even says a few verses later that they would actually go house to house and participate it. And, and, and has it ever bothered you or even crossed your mind that you've never done that? You've only had the Lord's Supper in church or maybe at youth camp or something like that. You've never gone to somebody's house or sat around a table with your friends and participated in the Lord's Supper. Has it ever bothered you? Have you even thought of that? That they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, to communion, and they would actually go do it house to house with others, with groups. We've only done it in a big room with a bunch of people facing forward. In fact, it'd be awkward to do it the other way with a small group of people that you know or your family. But understand when Jesus instituted communion, when he began this, it was such an intimate and a beautiful picture. In fact, Jesus, when he gathered his disciples together, he looked at them and he's like, look, I've longed for this. I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with y'all. Jesus is about to die but he's more focused on, on this moment that he's about to have with them. He's like, I just long to get my friends together and participate. I want to show you something that you're going to be doing for years and years to come. And there was a relationship there. And it says in Luke, Luke 22, it says, you know, he, he, took, he, he looks at his friends and he says, look, my body's going to be broken for you. And that's what this bread is going to be. My blood is going to be spilled out for you. And that's what this cup is supposed to represent. That, that when you break this bread, I want you to remember my body was broken for you. And when you take this cup, remember my blood that was shed for you because this is where forgiveness comes from. The sacrifice I'm about to make. And there was this intense moment as he explained what was about to happen. And what he said is, I, I want you to do this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of what's about to happen, because this is the most amazing thing anyone will ever do for you. If so, you know, there, there's no greater love than when a friend lays down their life for another. So I don't want you to forget this. And every time you break the bread, remember my body. Every time you drink this cup, remember my blood was shed for you. And do this and proclaim this and proclaim my death until return. And I I look at this and I'm just like, wow. What if we would sit down together and all just take it that seriously, all reflect on and remember on who Jesus is together. It's a powerful moment where we're all leaning into Jesus together with our friends or our family or our church as we fellowship over what Christ did for us. And not just at church or service or youth camp, but man, doing it on your own with others, with friends or with family. And again, I know it is awkward the first time you sit down and do it with your family or with a group of friends um, to break a piece of bread and say, let's remember his body. I, I know it's awkward when you're out to dinner with, with some people and you're like, guys, let's, let's just remember what binds us all together you know, this blood is, is shed for us. It's Jesus' blood. He's sacri- this is breaking bread house to house. This is devotion to the Lord's Supper, to communion, to the breaking of bread, to being the church. And it honestly makes it easier, makes it simpler when we just 
Go grab some bread, some juice, and just sit down with people. You don't have to have special trades. You don't have to be in a big building all facing this. You don't have to have some professional guy doing it. You and me. Not that any of the other stuff's wrong. It's just taking your devotion deeper, your commitment further. So, I mean, that's communion. Zoom out again to just the big picture of what it means to be the church. And just look at all the ways that we do church. There's a need for us to reclaim being the church, not just something we do, it's, it's who we are. This whole series, the basic series, is about what it means to basically be the church. Sometimes we get stuck in attending a service or maybe helping out in the nursery or being a part of the worship team. And, and then the rest of the week, we, we spend the whole week just building up our own kingdom. But what we're talking about here when it comes to being the church is a commitment to, to being the church 24-7. It's about being a part of something, being part of a mission. It's about gathering a group of people who really fear God and, and, and they don't just say they believe in him, but man, they, they know he's a holy God, that, that he gives us every breath that we have. And it's this idea that we're gathered together because we agree he's someone we ought to fear. Being the church, it's this idea of, of gathering with a, a people group who understand Jesus called us to follow him, to really live for him, that not just praying some prayer or making a single decision, but it's a constant decision. It's a life decision. Um, it's about a lifetime of literally following him and becoming like him. Being the church, it's about gathering with people and saying, we're tired of just the routine of doing certain things. Um, we, we, want to be, we want to experience the Holy Spirit, Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to follow his leading and keep in step with him. Being the church is about a group of people who are committed to, to uh, studying Scripture together, studying this book together. Diving into what we say is God's word. Yet most of, it most of us treat it like a math book. And we don't even study it that much. We encourage one another to, to be in it, but to also live it out. It's, being the church is about a group of people that are committed to fellowship, a true unity, to loving and forgiving above all else. Because the mission is so important to us. Being the church is about praying, gathering together in prayer, and being united because we know each other, we love each other, we've shared with each other, and together God sees us as his children bonding together in prayer for the things that he desires. And being the church is about when we gather and we actually break bread and remind ourselves and remind each other of the most important things in our uh, most important thing in our lives the gift that jesus gave us the sacrifice that he made so that we could have life there's something so powerful about that and the beautiful thing is that by god's spirit he puts this desire in our hearts where we start to want the things that he wants because it's it's something god's doing and then we can devote ourselves to it and we can be the change that we want to see. Jesus said he's going to build his church. And the question is, are you going to be a part of it? To stop attending and start being 
the church, to really be the church, the true church. So, Father God, tonight, man, I, I pray that we recognize you as holy, that we, man, fully devote ourselves to just following you and, and being led by the Spirit, to being taught by you and, and your word and those who have devoted themselves to the word that you've anointed and, and, and put in our lives to teach us. God, that we devote ourselves to fellowship, this true unity and bond that, that can't be broken by anything because, man, it's, it's bonded together by love and forgiveness. And God, that we, man, devote ourselves to prayer and that we learn to become prayer warriors, listening to you, listening for you, and then praying what you say, your desires back to you. And God, that we break the bread, that we put ourselves and and others in a, a situation where we intentionally, respectfully, worshipfully remember what you've done for us. God, I pray that we stop attending the church and we start being the church, being the change that we want to see. And just remind us, again, we're not alone. You've given us your spirit and you've given us each other. God, I just thank you. Now, thank you for these uh, students. Guide us in this time of real talk, in this time of conversation, this time of prayer in the time of communion. May we run to you with everything we got. In your name that we pray, Jesus. Your powerful name, Jesus. Amen.